Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. Hello there and welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr, where each week I speak to an Olympic champion, a world champion, a world record holder, or a world number one to find out what they do differently from the rest of us to become the very best in their sport. This week I had the pleasure of talking to the reigning Olympic shot put champion from the Rio Olympics, Michelle Carter. We discuss a whole range of topics with the American. We talk about her sibling rivalry with her sister. We talk about her dad being her coach. Of course, he was an Olympic silver medalist in shot put at the 1984 Games. He also won the Super Bowl three times. So we talk about her family and her relationship with her dad. She also mentions her mum as well in the programme. All very interesting. We talk a lot about confidence. I think if there was a theme to this week's podcast, it would be about confidence. And I think we learn a lot from Michelle on that. We also talk about the moment when she became the Olympic champion last summer, defeating Valerie Adams, the reigning champion at the time, with her very last throw. We talk about that. We also talk about how she was successful at the World Indoor Championships. And I also ask her, is there any added pressure on her this year when she competes at the World Athletics Championships in London because she is the reigning Olympic champion. That interview is just about to come on The Best in the World with Richard Parr, but I just want to tell you that you may have noticed this program is now going out on a Thursday. Yes, we're shifting the program by one day. It's going to come out every Thursday, The Best in the World with Richard Parr. And that's because, as you may well know, we're now part of the Sportachino Network. And as part of the Sportachino Network, we want to give you different, new, innovative content on different days of the week. And so from now on, our wrestling show, which has a working title of Chino, if you've got a better idea for that, then get in touch. But our show all about professional wrestling is going to be regularly on a Wednesday. It's going to be a video cast. That means you can watch it at sportachino.com. Facebook and on YouTube from 3pm British Standard Time. 
Sometimes they will be live, sometimes they will be pre-recorded. It depends on the guests. And we've got some really good guests lined up. And we've had some good guests already, such as the former WWE star Al Snow. And we have also had from Impact Wrestling, Rockstar Spud. But lots of great guests coming up on our wrestling show, which is on a Wednesday. That means on a Thursday, it will be all about the best in the world with Richard Parr, which for now is staying as a podcast and will continue to speak to Olympic champions, world champions, world number ones and world record holders that we can learn from. So let's get to our episode this week. I'm delighted to say that I was able to speak to the Olympic shot put champion, Michelle Carter. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Michelle Carter, Olympic shot put champion. Welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr. It's so great to have you on the program. Of course, that happened last summer. Just how has your life been ever since that moment? Well, thank you for having me on the show. And man, my life has definitely been very busy lately, but it's been great. Has there been any particular highlights since winning gold? Oh, man. Um, Well, I guess I've been able to just go out there actually and talking to the kids. It's definitely been awesome. Just just seeing their faces when they see the medal, they think it's so cool. (laughs) So having something shiny always makes you popular with them. Mm. Do you take it everywhere you go? Are you able to kind of share it with everyone to to help inspire them? I do bring it to a lot of places because I do realize it's something that some people never get to see. And so I try to take it with me to as many places as possible. But it's always a hard thing going through the airport with it. (laughs) So um, uh, sometimes it's easier to leave it at home. Yeah, most people, like I have to take a belt off or, or some keys and stuff. It's, uh, it must it must still be slightly cool when you're like, oh, I've just got to take my Olympic gold medal out. That must be pretty pretty fun. It's funny because people look at it like, oh, so is this yours? I'm <laughs> like, um, yes, I don't think I'll be carrying somebody else's medal. <laughs> and, and you mentioned... Um, inspiring the kids and, and the kids really enjoying seeing the medal. And of course, you, you've got your own um, confidence camp, the You Throw Girl Sports Confer- Confidence Camp. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Michelle? Yes, so You Throw Girl is like my play on words to You Go Girl. <laughs> so the camp is like a two-part camp for now. It is like I have a general session where we just go over confidence and just things that as a female athlete, you need to know. We definitely want to help build their confidence and, and help them to be the best that they can be in every area in life and not just in sports, but how what you learn in sports can translate into life. And then also I have the second session, which is for my throwers only, where I do have a couple of my friends, um, Gia Lewis-Smallwood, um, Tia Brooks, and... Um, Shelby Bond and my sister, Deandra Carter, will be coaching the girls um, during these sessions. Just giving them some pointers um, on how to throw the shot and disc and just kind of just help build them up and be there for them in any way. Oh, fantastic. So I don't want you to, to give away your, your whole uh, syllabus here, but what, what is the one thing which you try and instill in these girls to improve their confidence? 
one thing I try to instill in them is to never give up on themselves. I think sometimes that when things get too hard, we assume that it's not for us or if it's not going as smooth as we like it to, or we're not making that improvement as fast as we would like, that we give up. And I just want to, to encourage them, let them know like, hey, you have to keep working hard through in those tough times. Because during those tough times is when you learn your biggest lessons and then you end up having your biggest or your most success on the other side. And so, um, like I told I, I this is my third Olympics. If I would have given up after my first one, I would never would have known if I could ever be a gold medalist. Mm. But I believed in myself, and I kept pushing, I kept working, and then it ended up happening. So I definitely want to encourage them, like, hey, you have to work hard. It doesn't happen overnight, and you keep pushing until you can't push anymore. Is there one moment in, in your career and your life which was a really, really difficult moment maybe it was an injury maybe it was a, a heavy defeat and you kind of questioned all right why am I doing this but then you 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 broke through that you went on and obviously you went on to become an Olympic gold medalist uh, was there ever like that that moment you had yes um actually one of the biggest turning points for me was in like 2012 and 2013 when my health kind of took a decline due to my hypothyroidism and uh, I was just constantly gaining weight. I wasn't getting stronger. I was tired all the time and I just kept getting sick and I really didn't know why. And I was just like, well, you know what? Maybe this is it for me. Maybe I won't get any better. And maybe I should start looking to see what else I need to transition into life. But it was like something on deep inside was telling me, like, don't give up just yet. Like, just keep pushing through. But then after I decided to keep going, it was like year after year, I kept having an injury. So 2013, I was sick. 2014, I planned a labrum in my hip. 2015, I had a dislocated shoulder. 2016, I had a herniated disc in my back prior to the Olympic Games. So each year, it was always something. But I just felt like, okay, I can't be going through all these things for nothing. Like, there has to be something on the other side of this. And that's kind of what kept me going. Like, I just had to see if it's going to get better. Because right now, it's looking pretty bad. <laughs> and each year, the injury gets worse. But uh, at the same time, I feel like things happen to you for a reason. Sometimes things happen to kind of hold you back to get you ready for your time or to teach you a lesson that you're going to need after something great happens to you. And so looking back, yeah, I'm grateful for the lessons I learned along the way, going through the sickness, going through the injuries, pushing through when times um, when things just wasn't lining up for me, because it's definitely built my character um, to where I am today. So when I was able to step into that ring at the Olympic Games, I had confidence in myself. Um, that I didn't even know I had because I had pushed through a lot of different odds that were stacked up against me and I was able to come out on the other side. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's amazing. Let's talk more about confidence because I think it's a really interesting topic. And when you're in uh, an Olympic stadium and you've got tens of thousands of people, 60, 70,000 people, all eyes looking on you, is it hard to stay confident? Is it hard to just believe in what you're doing? Or is it so ingrained in your mind that you just kind of try to forget that? Um, 
it's definitely taking time for me to get to a place to where I don't have to think about it when I step into the ring. And I, confidence definitely begins at practice. I go through the same motion every day, day in, day out, working on my technique, working on what I'm doing. And I, I'm a big believer in the more you practice, the more confident you become. So I can throw with my eyes closed. You know, I can do this in my sleep because I've practiced for so many years. And um, and I take my practice seriously because I know that's what, what prepares me for the meet. And... Um, and I think sometimes people just like you, they just try to have confidence um, just by believing that you can. But confidence also coming comes from knowing that you're prepared for that moment. Mm. And there's been times when I stepped into the ring at a major championship and not that didn't feel prepared for that moment because I know there was times when I may have missed out on my workout or the things I know I should have done but I didn't. But the moment I chose to do everything that I could, make sure I crossed all my T's and dot all my I's, that definitely gave me that confidence. Like, okay, I'm prepared for this moment because I put that time, I put that work in. So that helped build my confidence that way. But then also, I just learned how to accept me for who I am and what I am and what I look like today. Mm. Um, definitely during my sickness, I've gained over 90 pounds, really, like, Overall, I gained over 100 pounds. Oh, wow. And, um, and that hurts your confidence, especially um, mm. in a society where we live where the way you look matters, like the fitter you look matters, especially being an athlete, that there's like really no such thing to the public of a plus-size athlete. But that's what I am. That's what I've always been. I've always been a larger girl. But then to gain 90, 100 pounds on top of that, that really hurt my confidence because I was holding on to what I used to look like and what I was before, but I had to accept that my body's different now and I have to love me where I'm at today regardless. And my body's going to change again. You know, it can, I can get bigger or I can lose the weight and feel better about myself. And then I still have to adjust about that. You know, I still have to make an adjustment to wherever my body's at, but I've learned to appreciate um, my body for what it is today because who knows if I was, if my body was different, could I have still accomplished what I accomplished? I don't know, but I'm glad that my body is where it's at today because it did take me to the top of the podium. Mm. Yeah. It, it sounds like it's, it's that parallel of being mentally and physically prepared for whatever you need to achieve. And, and, and thankfully you've been able to win an Olympic gold medal. And you were talking about practice there. Why don't you give us an insight of what, what is a typical training day for you like Michelle what time are you getting up what are you eating how long are your training sessions just give us an idea of roughly how your day would go please okay so I um I wake up like around seven o'clock in the morning I go to practice anywhere between nine to ten o'clock in the morning and then I'm out there I'm probably throwing the shot foot for about two hours oh wow and then I'll probably take an hour to go eat and regroup and then um, I'll go do some sprints, do some running, and then I'll head to the weight room. So I'm in the weight room for sure for a couple of hours, and then I'll probably do cardio and abs there. And then some days I'll mix in some plyometrics. And, like, for I know at least every day I'm spending at least six to seven, maybe even eight hours training. Crikey. And how much of that is, is, is with a coach or with other trainers and how much of that is self-motivated? 
Um, for a while, I, I did a lot of it on my own. Well, my dad is my throw coach, so he's there every day when I go throw. And then um, I do have someone that I work in the weight room most of the time. But then some days, there are days where I am there by myself, where I have to make sure I get my work done um, or get everything I need to get in. So, um, but at the end of the day, I feel like it's all self-motivated because even if you didn't have your coach there, you still have to put the work in and give it 100% while you're there because even if you had a coach and you're only given 30%, you're not going to get that much in return. Mm. But regardless who's there or not, I try to give 100% every single time. And you mentioned your dad there. Of course, he's a silver medalist in shot put himself. Of course, uh, multi-time winner of the Super Bowl as well. When you said he he's your coach, I'd love to know a bit more about your relationship and how did that come about of him kind of officially being your coach? Was it just it just naturally developed that way? He gave you pointers, and then all of a sudden he's training you regularly. Or was there a moment when you said, "Dad, officially, I'd like you to become my coach"? Like, how does that work? Well, actually, since the day I told him I wanted to try out for the track team, um, he told me, like, well, if this is what you want to do, <laughs> we can do it. He's like, but I'm going to teach you how to do it. Because growing up, I didn't know my dad uh, accomplished what he accomplished in track and field. I grew up with him playing football, so that's all I knew. So um, when I got into track and field, it wasn't until I was, like, maybe in high school when I really understood what all he accomplished. So my dad kind of just told me from jump, like, hey, I'm going to coach you. And I'm going to make sure you do this right. You know, don't worry about it. And I was like, okay, like, cool. Like, that was my, my coach since day one, so I never had to think about it. But, of course, over the years, um, we, we definitely got into it quite a bit. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I know that he only wants what's best for me, and he helps to try to push me to be, the, be all that I can be. And um, so I'm grateful for that. Yeah, is is there the Carter family? Is it is it shot put when it's out on the track and not when it's in the home? Or are you all living, breathing shot put all the time? Oh, no, we definitely have the moments where we're just, um, it's just the Carter family. Because track and field is such a big part of our lives and has been for over 20 years, we have to have those moments where, okay, track is over. We don't talk about it when we get home. And so he's always like, okay, at practice, I'm Coach Carter. But when I get home, I'm Daddy. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to call you Coach Carter. So I always joke and I call him Coach Daddy. <laughs> because <laughs> he's, he's, he was my dad first, and then he became my coach. So for me, that makes sense. So when we get home, he's just my dad, and then we can still live life regularly. Oh, that's lovely. And you mentioned your sister is also competing in, in shot put and, and as part of your confidence camp as well. Um, uh, excuse me, because I, I don't know, Michelle. What's, what's the age gap between you and your sister? Um, 18 months, so almost two years. Ah, so pretty close. Similar, similar to me and my brother, who were always completely overly top uh, competitive with each other was there any kind of competitive shot put sibling rivalry and in some ways do you think it has helped elevate um how good you became oh yeah i think it was um i think it was more of a robbery for her than for me <laughs> because 
I'm a big sister. I have to do good so I can show you how to do good. But at the same time, I can't let you beat me because I'm the big sister. You can only win when I'm not there. <laughs> so um, her goal was to always try to beat me. But my goal was like, okay, if I do good, that means she's going to do good. And that's kind of how I, I took that. So it was never really a big competition. But even though we both were competitive, we both respected each other as athletes and, um, and did the best that we could do. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. We'll be back with more from Michelle Carter in just a moment, but I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is one of the leading suppliers of audiobooks in the world. They've got over 180,000 titles for you to choose from. Currently, I'm listening to Mastery by Robert Greene. Really enjoying it. I actually listened to it at 1.5 times the speed. And maybe that's what you want to do on this podcast as well, because I find when people are reading, they're a little bit slower. And actually, you can hear and comprehend things a little bit better if you do it at 1.5 times the speed. Give that a go. Let me know what you think. If you haven't got Audible, you can try it out for free. All you've got to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash best, and you can try out their service for free for 30 days and included in that is one free download so you can download any audiobook for free to test out their service by going to audibletrial.com forward slash best maybe you want to try mastery go on give it a go let me know what you think let me know at richard underscore par on twitter if you'd like to be a sponsor of the best in the world with richard part if you would like to have your brand your company associated with the very best sports people in the world if you'd like to have your company and your brand associated with people who are world champions olympic champions and not only that these are people who are sharing their knowledge if you think your brand aligns with being the very best 
get in touch with us. Send us an email, sportsdesk at sportachino.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right, let's return to the conversation with the Olympic shot put gold medalist. It's Michelle Carter. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Let's talk about 2016 because it was an amazing year for you and you'd put a lot of those injuries behind you and you went on to win the indoor world championships first then of course the olympics um was there anything other than not having injuries that you think you may have done last year that you weren't doing before i think the thing was i just had this um like i just had this focus um because of the injuries and then the schedule that i had to keep after the fact um made a difference because now it was right after world championship indoor world championships um two weeks after that I got hurt that's when I found out about my back and knowing that that puts me in a time crunch that I didn't have time to play I didn't have time to second guess all I had to do was just figure it out and go to work and so having that um that focus knowing that when I wake up, I have to do X, Y, and Z to where I was waking up at six o'clock in the morning and gone out the door by eight and wasn't coming home to like nine o'clock at night. Like you had to have some kind of focus to get that done day in and day out. And I think that definitely showed me a different kind of focus that I probably didn't have before when um, I'll probably give myself more flexibility in what I was doing and how I was training. But then in that moment, I didn't have a choice. So mentally, I had to switch my thinking and my actions to really match what I wanted to do at the end. And that comes down to one thing which we talk uh, quite a bit on this podcast about goal setting. And by the sounds of it, that's almost like daily goal setting for you. Now, when you were looking at that following day, is that something you'd write down the night before? Is it something you'd have planned ahead of time or you just kind of knew what you needed to do? Um, I kind of knew what I needed to do, but I also write it down. So I knew on what days I have Pilates. I know which days I go to rehab. I know which days I go get a massage or I'll, you know, I have everything planned. I know which days I sprint. I know which days I don't. I know which days I'm going to lift weights. So I do keep a schedule of what I'm going to do that week. And sometimes we may switch things around depending on what's going on. But I definitely have an idea of what I'm doing every day prior um at least about two weeks in advance and in that year you had i believe on at least three occasions you won competitions from what i can remember i think olympic trials and the olympic games themselves you won these competitions with your last throw is that deliberate did you do anything in your training be it physically or mentally to say all right this last throw is going to be the absolute jackpot or is it or were you always doing that uh actually no it's just i like something that my dad kind of instilled in me uh young is that you don't end practice on a bad note <laughs> so i always try to make sure like my last few throws knowing that okay if i have x amount of throws left 
I might be tired. Um, I might be ready to go, but my last three throws need to be just as good as my first three throws. And um, that's something that we've worked on for years. It just happened that this year, <laughs> the <laughs> ending of the track meet has been so dramatic. <laughs> but um, it kind of comes to, at the end of practice, I just know that if I, I practice that, so when I know I go to a meet, I can't die at the last three throws. Like I have to bring it on the last three throws just as much as I did on the first three throws. And that's kind of my mindset. Hmm. Uh, before a competition, do you have any kind of um, pre-competition rituals? Like when you're in the stadium, is there anything you do? Do you, do you like put on certain socks in an order or do you have any superstitions, anything like that? Um, there's a couple of things that I do that I always have. Like, I always have to have on earrings, like that's my thing. I, I have to have some kind of earrings on. Um, and that comes from my mom when I was little. She always like, she always joke and say, Michelle, your head's too big to not wear earrings. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I always make sure I have on earrings. And then also um, for me having um, my eyelashes, are definitely something that I have to have. Like that's has become part of my routine is to kind of put on a little bit of makeup and get dressed like I'm getting dressed for work because I'm going to work. And so I kind of prepare that way to make sure that, you know, my hair is done nice, that my nails are painted and that I have on some kind of lipstick, eyelashes and my earrings and I'm good to go. Because, of course, you're a professional makeup artist as well. Is that something you've always been interested in, Michelle? And uh, in some ways, does it does it help with um, being a shop putter because it, it helps bring that confidence for you when you're competing? Um, I think so. Because um, especially in my event, it's not looking something feminine or something that's really girly or even something that girls can do. And I remember growing up, I did struggle of trying to be like hard and tough and want people to take me serious, but then I want to be cute at the same time. <laughs> and so <laughs> it, I couldn't separate those two for me because that is me. Like I will put on a dress when I was young, but I'll be out there wrestling with all the boys in my dress. <laughs> and so, um, now it just turned into here. I, I throw this big heavy ball in some dirt, but I do it in lipstick and la lipstick and lashes, and I love it because it's kind of part of who I am. I've always been interested in it, and I couldn't separate the two. And I feel like sometimes people try to separate parts mm -hmm. of themselves when you don't have to. So I just learned how to bring that part of me into sports, but in a way where it's not taking away from. Um, what I do where I'm only focused on the makeup part but at the same day I want to look good when I'm on camera and when I take pictures so I kind of keep all that in mind because it does make me feel good about myself mm -hmm. and of course the most cameras were on you when you became the Olympic champion just tell us how that felt when you did that final throw and became the Olympic champion well, yeah, when I took that last throw, I knew that throw was better than all my other throws. And so it, 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 I didn't know how far it was going to be until they measured it. But when they measured it and they showed where um, it was and how far it was and I moved up to first place, I was happy. And I was so excited, but I couldn't get too excited because I knew Valerie had one more throw. Mm. And 
I always believe that the competition isn't over until it's over. So I didn't want to celebrate too early and I didn't win because she still could come back and beat me. But when the competition was finally over and I see that she didn't have a better mark, it was just like this relief. Something that I've been working towards for so long finally happened. And you have these dreams and these goals, and sometimes we never know if they're really going to happen or if they happen, like, how are they going to happen? And how my journey to gold happened, I would have never pictured it that way. I would imagine that once I opened up an indoor, that it would have been great and that I would have no issues. I would have the perfect season and then the Olympic Games. But it did. it wasn't like that. But it just made me grateful for all those moments where I didn't give up on myself and where I kept believing in myself. And it, it like all of a sudden, I'm not crazy for thinking that I could be Olympic champion <laughs> because it happened. And um, so in the moment, I was just relieved. And I just really couldn't believe that it happened the way that it did because I'm like, really? Like, I won. Like, for real. Like, this is not a joke. I really won. <laughs> That's incredible. And of course, this year, 2017, it's the World Athletics Championships taking place in London. Um, You've already started the season pretty well. I know you did well at the Doha Diamond League recently. Uh, Do you feel any pressure going into the World Championships as the Olympic champion? No, um, I don't. I believe I, I take each track season for itself. I don't try to say, well, I won last year. I should win this year. And so I can feel anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just, you know, I, I'm happy what I did last year, but this year I start with a clean slate and I look at the things that I need to improve on. And I just kind of rebuild from there um, because I feel like the doors are always open for a new champion. And it, at the end of the day is who worked the hardest and who wanted it the most when it, when it counts. Mm. What do you think you need to improve on the most, Michelle? Um, I definitely um, still need to iron out my technique. There's just some things that if I just get better at in my technique, make it smoother, um, will definitely make a big impact on my throws. So that's like the main thing I'm really working on right now. Well, we can't wait to see you at the World Athletics Championships. It's been so good to talk to you today, Michelle. Just before you go, why don't you tell us where we can find out more about you online and how we can continue to follow your journey on social media, Twitter, etc., please? Yes. So on Twitter and Instagram, my handle is ShotDiva, S-H-O-T-D-I-V-A. And you can also follow me on, um, and you can also look up the information on my website at shotdiva.com and you can find all the information there perfect love the handle been really good to talk to you michelle thank you so much for being on the program and thank you for being the best in the world well thank you for having me i really appreciate it the best in the world podcast with richard parr Wonderful to talk to Michelle Carter on this week's Best in the World with Richard Parr. If you're interested in field athletics and Olympic champions, maybe you want to go back and listen to my conversation with the long jump Olympic champion, Jeff Henderson, who won in Rio. Maybe go and listen to that. We've also had lots of other champions from the 2016 Games. 
Recently, we spoke to Callum Skinner, who's a track cycling Olympic gold medalist. We also spoke to Connor Fields, who won in BMX racing. Go and listen back to them. They're all on ACAST. That's acast.com forward slash best. And they're also all at sportachino.com. Sportachino.com has all of the episodes of The Best in the World with Richard Barr. And if you listen to it on iTunes, please press the subscribe button and give us a rating and review. I'd really like you to do that. All right, I hope you've had a wonderful time listening to my conversation with Michelle Carter. I think we can all agree we've learned a lot from her. We'll be speaking to another amazing athlete next week on The Best in the World with Richard Parr. But until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. See you next Thursday. Goodbye. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr.